Hey, 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 everyone. You're listening to Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, broadcasting from the traditional unceded Stolo territory. And this is Bush League Playoff Edition, live at 5. We're a little bit late getting started today because there's a bit of a fire incident outside. I'm assuming that the uh, Abbotsford Canucks are doing some sort of something over there that got them all fired up because we're, we're on fire <laughs> over here at the campus and they had to... Get us in late, but we're ready to go. So, as always, I got my uh, partner in crime over here, Kenny Greencorn and Taryn Midzane manning the board. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, fantastic, man. I can't wait. Can't wait for some playoff hockey. Same here. I'm just like, I'm edging. No, I think the fire was actually my fault. I was too excited that I just like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to work anymore. So I just like, I was like, oh, I got to go to the game. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm fired up. I'm ready for this game. Uh, I was telling Kenny in the car ride over here, I think, because uh, we share a car, because this is Bush League, you know, we don't have our own vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we um, we were talking about, I think this is only going to be my like fourth playoff game, period, including Vancouver games. Now, for those of you that haven't been uh, following or that live under a rock here, and I was sure tonight is our first ever franchise playoff game for the Abbotsford Canucks. Yep. It's happening at Abbotsford Center. If you don't already have tickets, get tickets. I don't know if you'll be able to find them. It's probably sold out. I'm assuming it is. It should to, be sold out. I think it, today is. I think I read somewhere today is sold out. I'm it not has sure about Friday or Saturday. I oh, actually, they'll, they'll all be sold out. I have a pre-show question for you too. Oh. Specifically for you, Carl. Coming in hot. Did you learn your lesson from last year with Bakersfield? <laughs> about betting on it? Oh, did, are you asking if I bet again this year? Yeah. Hey, I would bet again this year. I can't find the the Bakersfield Condors fan page the same as easily as I did last year. I don't know what happened there. Maybe I scared them off, but uh, he hasn't contacted me or anything yet. So, oh. but hey, I'll take the bet from anyone that wants to give it because I think that this is a complete mismatch. And even mm-hmm. just from a, being a supporter, we're going to dig into this pretty deeply today. But this is a mismatch of epic proportions. And uh, I, I'm predicting a sweep. I think Abbotsford is going to sweep in two games. Yeah, I'm actually like trying to. So my uncle's down from uh, from uh, Quinell, and he's he's really only staying until Saturday. But I was telling him, if they get to the third game, or when we get to Sunday's game, you have to come. Yeah, I don't think it's getting to Sunday's yeah, game. Yeah. But well, you know the th- the problem with Abbotsford Canucks is, yeah, there's two teams that can show up. And if the good team shows up, they they're gonna sweep this. Not only sweep this, but I think it's gonna. They could be runaways. It could be. This could be um, sloppy. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. I mean, at, Bakersfield has been heating up a lot in the last yeah. ten games. They had four wins. Or sorry, three wins in four games against the Wranglers. Sorry, not the Wranglers. Coachella Valley. We were playing the Wranglers, but against Coachella Valley down the stretch. Similar to how we had a, a good performance against yeah. the Wranglers. But, so for those of you that don't know, we're playing the Bakersfield Condors. That's the Edmonton Oilers farm team. We're playing them in the opening round of the playoffs. Uh, here's kind of how these teams match up. So uh, we got the fourth place versus the fifth place in the Pacific standings. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are getting excited saying, oh, man, I know how this all works, just the same as the NHL. <laughs> no. Uh, the uh, the AHL playoffs is structured completely differently, and I definitely recommend finding a playoff bracket to look at it to really picture how it works. But we'll give you some information throughout the broadcast. So Abbotsford finished. Just give me so the fourth and fifth place finishing for the Pacific Division would kind of be a bit of a. It could 
it could be a misnomer for a lot of people. A lot of people could be letting the thinking these teams were close. They really weren't. Uh, Abbotsford finished in ninth place in the league. Bakersfield finished 20th. Uh, you know, there was almost a 10-point differential between the two teams. Yeah. Um, the season record versus Bakerfield this year was 3-1 three and, three and one in four games. We had two home victories and one away victory, split the season on the road against them. So uh, that bodes well for us with uh, having home ice advantage from being fourth versus fifth. So I think we're in good shape going into this playoff series. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I think the Canucks are a much deeper team this year, uh, especially than they were last year. I think if you look at both the rosters, I think, Carl, you'd agree, like there isn't a whole lot of change to the Edmonton roster, uh, but the Canucks have made a lot of upgrades to, to their team. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to show this year. And a lot of players have made a lot of steps too, right? Like um, Clem's made a huge step this year. Seelovs has made a huge step this year, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of players that that had some really good progression. I mean, Nielsen's another one, right? I mean, well, Seelovs played great last year too, but Martin was kind of the breakout hit. Yeah, he was the bell of the ball, so he got all the ice time, but uh, until he was called up, right? But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, uh, Art, it was Artis Seelovs's year this year to shine, and he was able to do that, right? So yeah, um, but you know, one thing I wanted to mention, we've mentioned this in broadcast before with the AHL. You have to watch for that. Who's getting help from the parent team? So when you make the playoffs like Abbotsford did, you, you, in the interest of winning the Calder Cup, a big advantage can be if your parent club doesn't make the NHL playoffs. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we all know the Vancouver Canucks did not qualify for the NHL playoffs, and therefore they've brought some players down. We'll talk more in detail about that. But the Condors have received basically no help from the Oilers. In fact, they've pulled up one of their top defensemen to play with the Oilers in recent weeks. Yeah. And now that he's he's playing on injury, well, basically healthy scratch. Yeah, right For now. the Edmonton club. And yeah. he would have been a huge asset in Bakersfield, creating a big differential in talent on the defensive side of this. Yeah. Nope, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but like I said, Bakersfield has been hot. They wrapped up the regular season with the fifth best record in the age in in the final ten games of the season across the entire AHL. Uh, they went three seven three zero and zero, including the, like I said the three of four wins against Coachella Valley. And Coachella Valley, for those that don't know, was battling for first place in the league with the Calgary Wranglers. Yep. Now, but the not to be undersold, the Abbotsford Canucks have also been playing great hockey in the last month and have really been gearing up for the playoffs, including the. Three three games against Calgary Wranglers to finish the season, who ended up top of the HL. And for those that didn't know or haven't been watching this year, the Calgary Wranglers and the Baker, and uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds have been miles ahead of every other team in the AHL in the standings. Yeah, they both topped 100 points by a fairly good amount. And yeah, so for the for both of these teams uh, who are kind of bottom dwellers to pull these wins out against. Uh, Coachella Valley in the final days and Calgary Wranglers in the final days really is incredible. And it really shows that this is kind of a two underperforming teams from throughout the season matching up in the first round of playoffs. And a lot of people would say, okay, well, they're just resting their good players. That's why they were able to win those games. That's not true. Those elite teams were both battling for that first place spot. Yeah. Right? And it would make no sense given the structure of the AHL playoffs in the Pacific Division to sit out players or rest players in an effort to get a better because we have everybody has to realize what a huge advantage first place in the Pacific Division is if you come in first place in the Pacific Division 
you get a buy to the second round automatically. Not only that, you play the lowest second round qualifier in the second round. So it's a double advantage. Yeah. So getting first place is massive in the Pacific Division. So you can't tell me for even a second that either of those two teams were thinking we need to rest our players up for the playoffs. No, they were going full tilt, and they still lost to Bakersfield and Abbotsford. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. And listen, it made those last three games a lot of fun to watch. I mean, honestly, we were battling with Colorado there uh, as well in those kind of uh, last, what, three games, I guess, right? Three, four yeah. games? Yeah. I mean... Uh, you guys were at the last two games? The, the only yeah, one yeah. that couldn't pull oh, off I'm any upsets you guys. was the goals. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was, uh, I was up trying to find you guys. And, I missed and, the last game. He ca- uh, he came with his beautiful wife. but um, mm-hmm. uh, Were you wearing your Linden jersey? No. Oh, that explains a lot. Like, <laughs> that explains a lot. So, uh, That's why in, I couldn't find you. In the Wranglers game on fr- last uh, week ago, on the Friday game, me and my son came and we, we brought a sign. My son brought a sign. It said, um, <laughs> what did it say? It was, oh, something shorter than uh, playoff uh, run? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Wranglers playoff run will be shorter than Matthew Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that on your social medias and I laughed. I, I laughed a lot. Actually. Okay, so, <laughs> so every single player on the Calgary Wranglers team was laughing. Even when they were down by two goals and it was business time, they were all still laughing. Matthew Phillips came up. Gave us a little kind of like you guys look with his pointed his finger at us. It was pretty. It, cool. s- it sounds like your son has like amazing, uh, like, just sports, uh, sports teasing, right? Like he's yeah. got that like scent natural sense because I feel like so many fans try to think they ha- think they have it and then they go a little too far or not enough. But it, like, but I, that sounds that's a, you that's think my a, nine year old son came up with that. Well, I don't know. Like, I like to give someone credit. Not the guy so. that sits across from you. Maybe. I mean, like, I think, <laughs> I think, I think like, I think like father like son. Uh, if no. anything, like, I'm just, no, he he's funny. just happy making like fun signs. But yeah. uh, no, that was definitely uh, that was that was a you that was a you. Alec Carl. You know what? Okay. Well, then let me. Do you want to take? Do you want to rewind the tape and I will I'll be do this. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, so yeah, but. Uh, you know, Matthew Phillips, first of all, I just want to say what a class act to kind of give us that nod and give my son the nod. I thought it was cool. It would have been better if he gave us a stick or something. You know, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not a jersey. Um, Not a jersey. But hey, another noticeable thing in that game one of the series was Dustin Wolf, the star goalie for the Calgary Wranglers, top of the AHL this year. He, um, he, he, uh, he actually was absent from the game. He was playing in Calgary, and I – you know, I wouldn't have made a difference in the end because the Canucks peppered Oscar Dansk with uh, almost 40 shots. But it just makes me wonder, what was the logic behind that decision? Like, why would Calgary do that? Because this made no sense considering how we just spoke about how important that first place finish in the Pacific Division is. Why wouldn't you have him down there when Calgary had no – they weren't they were out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. sorry, uh, the, the yeah. Flames were out of the playoffs – so why would you call him up to the Flames and potentially miss your chance to come in first in the Pacific in the AHL? Is he, is he on like a two way and maybe it's like hey, if we put him in uh, as a as a as a Flame and he's on a two way contract, he we don't have to pay him for the extended period or something. Like I don't know if that's obviously that's probably not how playoffs actually work. No, they would they, that, so much of hockey's like you I, don't get. Paid I, I'm for sure playoffs, he got a. But. I'm sure he got a a decent pay for that game in Calgary. So maybe it's a little reward for him. Yeah, but uh, but it is a big risk, uh, absolutely. If you're chasing that, I mean, they got the first spot, but I mean, uh, 
it's it's a risk that yeah. like you said i don't know why they would take it right i mean they got nothing to to gain by doing that yeah i don't know i don't know maybe they're still like a, a post right. stampede well listen listen you guys when is the stampede even i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys Vang, or abbotsford canucks uh, won that game and then what did you say to me the next game what, uh, ca- ca- the, the Wranglers cried wolf and uh, oh yeah the Wranglers <laughs> cried wolf and brought him back up uh, that's right uh, <laughs> I was like what did I say you know, I, that's pretty clever that sounds like me um, <laughs> alright so let's talk about this series what are you guys prediction my prediction is a sweep and I think uh, it's going to be a noticeable sweep I don't think it's going to be close I think they're going to win both games by more than two goals mm-hmm. and I think we could see one shutout and a two game sweep uh, well yeah I think uh, I think two games as well uh, me and you were talking about this on the way over here like I don't see anywhere um, as I was reviewing and going through everything like I don't see anywhere where, where the Condors really beat us uh, on paper. Um, I mean, I think we have some solid forwards. Um, our D is super solid. I mean, with Wolanin coming down and Yulsen coming down and they just brought this guy over from Sweden, right? Johansson. I mean, I don't know if he's going to play in the first game. He might take a few games in, um, and, and, uh, uh, take part in some practices, but I mean, just those Mm. three defenders alone, like just, well, you were telling me like, like it, let's dive into that. That was the next the next segment. But before we dive into that, yeah. Terry, what's your prediction? Quick, um, I'm going to manifest a two sweep. I'm going to agree with you guys. However, sweep. if I was a betting man, I would say two, in three. But yeah, three is the shutout. Oh, oh, like like, like they might out. win tonight, and then they might Bakersfield might come back and give them some heat on Friday. Yeah, and then yeah. Sunday. If there's a Sunday game, Vancouver just kind of is going to do the shutout. You know, that's a strong prediction just because of the goaltending that Abbotsford has. That if it did go to a game three, they might split the goalies, and you might see a you might see that. Well, although they get they get it, there's no back to back games in the playoffs typically, so they would probably play Artusila. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, but but the, if they had to split the goaltending, both. Spencer Martin and Artur Silov have an opportunity for shutouts on any given day. In fact, I think they're the best goaltending pairing by far in the AHL. By far, by yeah, a lot. I would agree, yeah. Uh, so, all right, well, let's dive into the players to watch. Uh, for all those – now, keep in mind, gentlemen – uh, we have a lot of bandwagon jumpers kind of hopping into the fold here. Uh, not, hey, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. It's a new franchise. We welcome all of you. So come out, support the team. This is a new franchise. It's their first playoff run. Everybody's welcome on the bandwagon. Now, but because of that, let's make sure that we're not just taking for granted the players that we assume everybody knows of. So let's mm-hmm. make sure we're talking about the players to watch on both sides of this coin and keeping in mind that we want to talk about the regulars. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you want to kick that off, Ken? Yeah, sure. You want to start with the Canucks or the Condors, or you just want to mix well, it let's through? Let's go with the Canucks. And let's do it. Yeah. Okay, sounds good, man. I think uh, I think up front, Hoglander is going to be he's going to be the big piece to this team. I mean, that yeah. he drives offense, and he's if you haven't been to the games, those of you who have been to the games, you'll know like he can battle, he can win battles, he's. Got great hands, great moves, great shot. He's fast. He's energetic. Like he's, um, 
Yeah, he's going to be kind of their go-to guy, I think. I mean, he got 32 points in in the 45 games that he played with them, but uh, I think this is going to be a real good showing for him. Here's the thing with Hogsy. like He could be, like if the Vancouver team was going to the playoffs and they had Hogsy in the lineup, he'd be an impact player. Absolutely. And so what do you think he's going to do at the AHL level? This guy's going to be an impact player all the way through the entire Calder Cup run. So I absolutely agree with you there. I also want to throw Klimovich out there. Yes. And I know that you've missed a few games down the stretch here, uh, but I wanted to just say I've been so much more impressed with his play. I think he's emerging as one of, if not the top two-way defensemen in the AHL. We're talking about some pretty quality guys out there. I think he's probably NHL band bound next year. And Klimovich is going to play a consistent, solid role in this playoffs. So he stepped out of your shadow, by the way. He said every game you go to, he scores. Well, you didn't go to the last game and he scored. He still scored, yeah. Uh, he's got four goals in his last four games uh, to end the season. And uh, he just looks really, really good. You're 100% right. Like his his game has evolved uh, a lot. I, I can't remember off the top of my head what he had for points last year. But, uh, I mean, his 29 points and 17 goals this year, in more of learning that other side of that game, I think that was a skill set that they they saw a lot of um, last year was him, his skill, his shot, right? Yeah. But it was that defensive side of the game that he had to learn. And I know... Um, I was listening to uh, Ryan Johnson talk, the uh, the GM there, and he was saying that uh, Klumovich has spent a lot of time working with the Sedins and working with uh, some of the other teammates around rounding out his game and really understanding. And he's still so young too. It's crazy. Oh, he's still so young. Crazy. This is to think, you know, like he could emerge as a he could be an all star NHL player in his career. I mean, that's not a stretch. The guy's got lot. He's got all the skill. He's going to have the size. He's developing both ways. And two-way forwards are such a big commodity right now mm-hmm. in the NHL that, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens with him. But, uh, you know, th- this just going into the playoffs, definitely a player to watch. Yeah. Uh, Linus Carlson having a breakout rookie season. He was named the Rookie of the Year uh, for the Abbotsford Canucks in the, te- in the fan voting, team votes yeah. uh, awards. So, you know, watch for him to be an impact. And he's been playing – uh, how do I put this? Better, tougher. So yeah, yeah. He, he was playing tough at the start of the season, but whenever he played tough, his points production went down and vice versa. So now he's finding a way to kind of meld both roles into his play where he seems to be producing really well even when he's playing rough and tough yeah. hockey. So that's going to serve him well because he's got potential to be a really good third liner in the NHL. And I, I really like to see that. Like he could be a, one of the best third liners in the NHL <laughs> one day if he keeps developing. But he's not as young as Klimovich, right? So we yeah. got to remember he doesn't have as much development time. So he might be, you know, this year, next year, this might be as good as he's going to get. Yeah. Uh, so we got to keep that in mind. But he's learning to use that size. That'll be an impact, especially for playoff hockey. Yeah, he finished fifth in scoring too, uh, rookie scoring in the yeah. NHL. So that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, for especially sure. for somebody transitioning to the game from the international ice. You know, it's uh, it's good, and it's going to be his first playoff. Bainesy's yeah. first playoff, right? Couple of yeah. solid rookie contributors. Now you so. talked you talked about the blue line. I really want to just take a minute to stress. How lopsided of a battle this blue line battle is between these two teams. So, you know, uh, the the Ab- Abbotsford Canucks have 
Noah Juleson and Christian Wolanin coming down from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There again, that's help from the Canucks Vancouver team not making the the playoffs. But what should we expect from this uh, Philip Johansson? Right, like uh, yeah. he's kind of an unknown commodity from all and from all reports. He's a very talented defenseman and could play an offensive role. Uh, plus, <laughs> you wrap it up with Jack Rathbone who was voted the fan favorite in the player awards and Jet <laughs> Wu, who was voted the unsung hero in the player awards. And they're probably not even the top, you know, top two defensemen in this lineup right now. So it, and then of course, like you wrap that up with AKL as well, who's going to play double as an enforcer. Yeah. But not top two in the lineup, you say, but Jet Wu uh, is second in total points and defensive uh, stats for the team. Yeah. So. Well, Jet Wu's impressed me a lot this year, and I was going to talk about that if we get to our season roundup. Sounds that good. He really came into what he, what we were expecting of him as a player, and he didn't really deliver on that last year, in my opinion. He showed flashes of it, but this year he's been such a good player and such a leader yeah. that I just am impressed with him so much. But, yeah, the blue line is going to be really strong for the Abbotsford Canucks team. Plus, we got Vinny Arsenal hopefully coming back, but I think he might be injured. He hasn't played a game since uh, March 24th against the Ontario Reign. Yeah. So I had heard reports from the social media coordinator for the Abbey Canucks, Ben Rigetti, that there were ex- there was an expectation, or at least a possible expectation, of Vinny Arsenal playing game one. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, but well, he can use his, they can use his toughness, that's for sure. It's not just his toughness, it's his intensity. Yeah, he's like just, He just goes so hard, almost to the point where he draws penalties sometimes, but we yeah. need that intensity. And uh, with PDG not coming down, you know, we're losing that. So Phil DiGiuseppe, who's a, been a big part of our team this year, and you'd mentioned in the car ride over, Kenny, that the, the Vancouver organization was saying they really wanted to try and make sure that the guys who were a big part of the success mm-hmm. of the Abbotsford team got to play a role in this Calder Cup. But PDG had such a great finish to the year. Yeah. Vancouver doesn't want to risk losing him. They've lost. They've lo- they lost a couple of key players this year to waivers. They if if they lost PDG, it would probably be somebody's somebody's head, right? Yeah. So no, absolutely, you got to understand them not taking the risk of him clear not clearing waivers. But boy, it would have been nice to have had him. Yeah, would have would have loved to hear the PDG chant in there. That's for sure. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> well, who, who was it? We said we're switching that to now. It was. Uh, 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 oh, Kyle Rao. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Rao. Kyle Rao. We're going to switch the chat to Kyle Rao now. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, listen, uh, I know we were just on the topic of D, but I do want to sh- – oh, I do want to throw a little bit of love Nielsen's way. Uh, oh, man, yeah. this guy – I that last game we watched, we uh, – obviously you weren't there, but me and my wife got down and literally like maybe a minute into the game, Nielsen – hit some guy and boom, they're scrapping it out like right in the first period. Yeah. And I'm like, look at this guy. And then he comes over, lines up at a face off. His knuckles are all bleeding. He's like pulling him out of his glove while he's waiting for them to puck the, or drop the puck. And then, uh, yeah, he had a couple nice chances, some big, big hits. He's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and uh, hey, on that note, 11 points he had last year in 40 games. And this year he's got... Uh, a significant improvement on those numbers at 41 points in 64 games. Yeah. So huge, yeah, huge he's, improvement. He's one he of the hardest working guys on the ice at all times. And we love him. He's probably our collectively favorite player between Kenny and I. And mine too. He's got, he's the third highest plus minus on the team. 
uh, yeah. sk- forwards wise. Abby, sign him. Yeah, I don't understand why Abby hasn't signed this guy. Pay him whatever he wants. Like, I think maybe his camp might be holding out for an NHL opportunity. Uh, I mean, he is like on an said, AHL contract only right now, right? Yeah. So he would need some type of probably a two-way deal, right? I think that's what he's going for is a two-way deal, maybe with something that involves, uh, you know, like a option to go to a one-way uh, in year three or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um that's not unheard of right now for HL players, and his lack of size doesn't seem to impact his greediness. I think he could play well at the NHL level, just like Sheldon Dries has. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people would argue that Sheldon Dries is a much more skilled player than Tristan Nielsen. I'm not sure. Tristan yeah. Nielsen has really showed himself to be an elite hockey player, and his grit and determination on the ice is. Incredible. It leads a team. It galvanizes a team. Plus, he's very good at drawing penalties. Yeah. Very good at drawing penalties. So, he's one of those guys you love to have on your team, but hate to have on another team. He fights for his teammates, and I really, I've always like really respected that when I see uh, see him go. And when I'm sitting up top and bringing other people to the games, I always kind of say like, "Oh, watch 84." (laughs) There's a there's a player to watch is 84 because he's always going to be where the puck is. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's dynamic. Exactly true. I'm the same way. If somebody said, "What's one number I can watch?" 84. Always watch 84 for the Canucks. So the Condors. You know, not a lot of highlights in that lineup. Uh, they got Raphael Lavoie. He leads the team in goals with 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, six ahead of uh, Noah Philp. And wait for it. You Abbotsford Canucks fans out there will know this name. Justin Bailey, former Abbotsford Canucks player from last year. My absolute favorite player last year. Yeah. If I was going to put a name on my jersey, it was going to be Justin Bailey. He's a beauty. When he's playing well. It's something to watch, watching him gain that zone. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play, but I hope he doesn't play too good because I, I wouldn't mind us uh, beating these guys, you know. So, But uh, I'm definitely uh, happy to get to watch him play, and I wish him well in the series. He might be the only player I don't chirp at. But, uh, <laughs> hey, the gloves are off, boys. The gloves are all's fair in love and playoff hockey, okay? Like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to make sure that I'm in the ear of those other players. I want them to hate to play here. It's going to be like that, uh, what was his name, uh, Ivan the Terrible there <laughs> that came in, right? I uh, What was his, oh, yeah, um, was it? oh, Prosvetov Pros, from oh, yeah. Tucson. He went absolutely that, that <laughs> crazy when, oh. uh, when, you know, he goes off the ice and he's – Come on, come on, waving at the crowd to like give it all they got, and they're just booing them and pretty much throwing everything verbally they can at them. But uh, that's what I want to see from the crowd is let's get in these guys' heads and let's let's get under their skin. Let's help the team win the game. I think that's one of the things I've always – I think that's one of the best parts of sports in general has always been the crowd. And even – yeah, I get to sit sometimes up in the press box, but I always love coming down because when you're in the crowd, when – everyone's feeling it together it's i really don't think there's a, an experience like it yeah. To, yeah to have and i think just having i would love like, like you're saying carl like if people do not want to come to play in abbotsford because our crowd is so good and so intense that is the greatest thing that team could ever have yeah and, and, and that's the thing like we're not really we don't have a reputation or we're not really known for selling out this building yeah like, i think we're mid-level in terms of attendance uh, for hockey, but you gotta remember a lot of these AHL teams, like uh, the guys out east, like Providence and 
and Hershey Bears and the Toronto Marlies and uh, long names like these. These are people <laughs> like, like long standing teams. Yeah, 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 it's been around like for a people while. People go. It's just as hard of a call, hard of a ticket to get uh, for a Marlies game as it is a, a Maple Leafs game. Like it's just as hard to get tickets. Yeah. So there's lifelong fans, right? Maybe because they get to cheer instead of boo their own team on the ice. You know, <laughs> hey, and and. Just a shout out for the season ticket holders out there too. Like I got to say, I mean, I love our section, but like my wife was at the yeah. game yesterday and there were some new people that I guess maybe were just sitting in the section. And, and every time Phillips had the puck, they were, they were yelling Timbit at him. Right. And every, yeah, I could hear awesome. the guys behind me like, I don't understand. Why are they yelling Timbit? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you can, you can tell who the season ticket holders are yeah. in that, in that row that create that environment. And then the minute we told them who Timbit was, they're like, ah, oh, Timbit. They started yelling it too. So it's uh, it helps create a good environment, you know? It's, Even it's the wave guy. Even the wave guy. I'm not, <laughs> he's not my favorite person, but I got to give it to him, you know, at least. Uh, he's shoot. always yelling, go Johnny. Shoot. Go Johnny, shoot. Even though they're in the defensive zone, shoot. Uh, you gotta love. You got to love the person who just really, really wants to make the wave work. Oh, he's brutal, though. He does it when we have, like, a tie game or we're down. The wave is supposed to be something you do when you're way up in a game. It's yeah. like a, okay, well, we got nothing. It's like a, it's like an insult to the opposing team that, oh, we got nothing to watch here, so we're going to do a wave. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be, but anyways. Yeah, I, I remember one time when I was a, a wee young boy. I was in Winnipeg. I was at a Winnipeg, Blue, Bomb, I was at a Winnipeg Blue Bombers game, and they made Ooh. their recycling ring around the stadium. And when they did the wave, they just used the ring, the the just the like the the like cups of beer. Yeah, yeah. That you would, they made a, a ring around around the the stadium, and they that was their wave. That's and cool. I thought. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think about that and like, how much of an insult is that that your fans <laughs> do that to you in yeah. front of you? And it's perfect. That's sports. Uh, that's sports life. You know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, on that note, Carl, with the Condors, uh, obviously Philip Roberg's up with Edmonton right now uh, on the defensive side of things. But uh, Calvin Picard, their goalie, uh, he finished the season four and one. And in his last five games, he's had two shutouts in that stretch. So, I mean, goaltending, he could be hot. It could be a challenge. Yeah. But I think we're up to it. I think we're up to it as well. But, uh, you know, speaking of goaltending, I think it's kind of been decided that Artis Hiloff is the starter. And uh, I think he solidified that spot with the shutout over the Wranglers a week ago. You know, yeah. that was the first time the Wranglers have been shut out in their franchise history so far. Wow. Only one year old, but still. That's okay. We'll that's take it. Big feather his cap. He was also voted TM- team MVP by the fans in the annual player awards. So I yeah. think it's his spot. But, you know, you might see Spencer Martin play a game if there's a loss. I don't know. Like, they're both so good. It's just like, how do you not make use of the two of them? Well, it's true. And actually, Martin's played really well as well. Like, I, I feel like he's really found his game again. Well, at first, and, at first he was struggling because I think it was a big blow to be sent down that highway of broken dreams. Mm-hmm. But I think he's really fallen back into his groove and he's, you know, he's trying to fight his way back to the NHL. And yeah. you know what? If he if he can take it with stride and, and get back into a starting role in an AHL team, you could see him back in the NHL because he has that backup goalie pedigree now, right? Yeah, like yeah. That, he could, that they can refer to. But uh, I'm always rooting for both of them. They're both great goalies, and I really, you know, yeah. lo- great, love great tandem. Great tandem. Yeah. But I think you're right. Like, I mean, Silov's just 
his body of work this season, he deserves that start um, mm-hmm. and, and to kick it off, right? And uh, So with the, with the Bakersfield Condors, just to kind of wrap up their players to watch, Seth Griffith uh, led the mm-hmm. team this year in points for the second year in a row. Uh, but a big step down from his 80 points last year. I think he had 60 points this year, so that's 20 less points. Yeah. You know, that's a 25% reduction in production. Reduction in production. You like that? Hashtag Very nice. Production reduction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you could and you could do that on the social web at underscore Bush League. Anyways. Um, <laughs> shameless plugs. Uh, they're, they're weaker on defense, like we mentioned in the Abbey. Uh, they really only have the one strong defenseman right now, which is Cam Deneen. Uh, he's a really solid, really solid two-way D-man. He might be one of the best in the AHL. And uh, so he's a good guy to watch. But... I think he's going to get overwhelmed with his role. He's got too much to cover. They're going to try and use him as a shutdown guy. I think that's going to create too many opportunities um, across our defense, where our offensive defensemen. I'm going to predict this right now. I think Will Landon's going to have three points in this opening round. Oh, man. Three points. That is that's a bold, I'm not bold gonna, prediction. I, I won't put that by him at all. Yeah. I mean, Neither would I. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't challenge that too much. No, no. I mean, look, this guy, despite despite not playing in the AHL since February, still finished first on the team in scoring and first in the AHL amongst defensemen for points. So, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously won the Eddie Shore Award for the most outstanding D. And I mean, his previous his previous career high was 31 points. Yeah. And this year he had 55 and 49 games. So, yeah. And, you ever yeah. watch that uh, Don Cherry movie with uh, and they talk about Eddie Shore in there as a coach? The guy was an absolute nut job. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, he was a nut job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, he got a trophy. Old time hockey, like Eddie Shore. Yeah. Well, listen. You know what he? I was listening to this thing say they said uh, on the radio today that, um, Will Lannon has the most points for a defenseman I believe since 1999. Who wow. was John, which was John Slaney. So I mean, credit to his his game this year, right? Most oh, it's, it's a the, huge the breakout HL? season in the HL. In the oh, HL, sorry, oh, yeah, yeah, in the that's... HL. So but I mean, keep still in mind that he was also up in the NHL for a significant chunk of the season. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so like, he could have had even more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Right? Yeah, I wonder rate. if Slaney played the full season in the HL. I'm pretty, pretty sure he was a career HLer, wasn't he? Did he play very? Like he, he played, played with the Capitals games. for a little bit, like a few games in the NHL. Less than 100 but games in yeah, the NHL. Yeah, not yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, so, AHL playoff predictions. Who do we think's taking the Calder Cup? Uh, but first, before we say that, who do we think's getting out of the different rounds of the playoffs out of the various divisions? Do you guys want to hear mine first to get yeah. you inspired? Yeah, let's get go. Get your 100%. Rally. This will help me. Let's so, go. So, I think in the Pacific Division... I really like the Wranglers. Uh, I think they're well led. They're they're very confident, and you know, great goaltending, just great, like all around. Just I think they're the best team. I think they have the best record for a reason, and I do think they're the best team. And with their parent club not making the playoffs, they didn't lose any players. So I think they're to me they're the front runner. Uh, but I really think that the Abbotsford team. Can, surprise, can shock people. I'm biased being an Abbotsford fan, but I think that if you step back and look at it on paper, that defense they have mm-hmm. is going to be really hard to contain this team. Yeah. And with the goaltending they have, they can steal games. Mm-hmm. So I just, 
I don't know. I really think there's between those two teams for the Pacific Division. Um, on the north, the Marlies, their crowd alone gets them in it, and they have a good team this year. So I think the Marlies take that division. Uh, I think the Hershey Bears take the Atlantic. And in the central, as a bit of a surprise, I think the Manitoba Moose will take that division. I got to see them play a lot this year in mm-hmm. our northern matchups. And I was impressed. I mean, I know they didn't have a strong record against us, but I do think they, they'll play well within their division. I think that's the weakest division in the AHL right now. So those are yeah. my picks, and I think it's going to be the Wranglers or Abbotsford, whoever gets out of the Pacific Division, that wins the Calder Cup. Wow. That was, that's my prediction. That was pretty good. That was Listen, Wranglers, I am in agreement with you. Um, I think... Coachella's had a really good season too as well. Yeah. And I wouldn't put anything past Dan Balsma. I mean, the guys won a Stanley Cup, but... No help from Seattle, though. It's true. That is true. I think Seattle's going to go deep, so... Um, I think Colorado's going to knock them off in the first round in You six think so? Games. Yeah. Well, it'll have to be six because uh, Seattle just won game one, so... Yeah. Well, it could still be five. It's true. Uh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But the way they beat them... Uh... It'll be a good series regardless, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'd love to see Calgary and Abbotsford. I mean, just watching those last three games, I was like, dude, if this was like a playoff series right now, it would be awesome. I I think that's the series that people want. Yeah. I mean, Calgary They're the one thing with Calgary is they do minus Phillips. They have a big team. Um, like their defense, they're huge. Yeah. Uh, They're huge. I remember that one game, like, uh, AKL scrapped like two of them and they were like a foot taller than them, like almost a foot taller than them, you know, like it was crazy. Um, but anyways, it would be a really, really fun series. Uh, and I honestly, I'm in agreement with you and with everything except for the Atlantic. I have a feeling, and I, I hate to say it cause I'm not a, a Bruins fan at all, but Providence. I got a I got a feeling Providence might might take that division. I just like the crowd in Hershey better. I know they Hershey. love their team. Yeah. It's a classic HL franchise. And I mean Providence didn't get any help from the parent club. I don't know. I I just I really like Hershey. The only thing with Providence is Boston will probably go on a pretty deep run. Uh they're they got a pretty strong obviously team. They just broke broke some records uh, this season. And uh, they look pretty good already to start the playoffs, so they may not get a lot of help from them neither. That's if anything, they may lose right some players, but yeah. but That's yeah, what I'm saying. So I oh, I'm going Hershey Bears in that conference or that division for sure. Um, well, I'm going to switch our order of what we're going to do here and just say NHL playoff predictions. What do you guys think? NHL playoff predictions. Ooh, I mean, I don't want it to happen, but I would. I, I'm not a betting man because I'm against sports betting, but I I would say maybe probably the Bruins. I, I would predict yeah. the Bruins. They had just such a strong se- se- season start, such a strong series in general, uh, season in general, sorry, um, that I just really don't see a lot hampering that team mm-hmm. in, in a long game. Yeah. I think that they, they're a team that can easily just say, okay, you know what? Take two or three wins. We'll beat you in seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. And they, they can come sp- back and just <clears throat> battle you to death. And and, like, and it will exactly. I was about to actually just say battle. They're a scrappy bunch. They're not afraid to really get in your face. And that's a yeah. that's a tough and long game, like seven game streak. If streak, if you push them to that, and they're just not going to go down with any sort of a fight. So I'd say that. I think here's the thing. I think it depends on 
the officiating in this playoffs. I think the league is trying to send a message that they're trying to go to a softer NHL. That, that's been the trend. We talked about all these smaller players being more successful because of a softer format. Uh, we have, we're especially seeing that this year. So I would think that that should translate into the same in the playoffs. Plus um, the QM, you know, Quebec Major Junior League, uh, starting to rule out uh, fighting. Like the softer yeah. NHL is coming. And I think that's the mandate of the NHL. I think the officials are – I think Boston's going to have a really tough time with penalties in this playoffs, and it's going to catch a lot of people off guard. Um, and I'm going to want to kick my own ass for saying this, but I think the Toronto Maple Leafs go to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, out of that out of the East, and they're going to have to play Boston, I think, in the second round. So yeah. that's my prediction on the East. Yeah, and I mean, it, it has been a crazy year for sports and Cinderella stories. You think you look at March Madness <laughs> and, and the NBA playoffs alone. I mean, I don't know it's basketball versus hockey, but like, oh, after a boo, after a boo and off the ice, that's a bold, that's a bold prediction. I don't know. I just think they're the style of team the NHL wants to see succeed, and I think uh, we could see some shenanigans with the officiating in this offseason, and yeah, I think they could drive Boston crazy, and if they get past the second round, or the first, well, even the first round, you know, they can get some momentum pretty easily, and they've got a good team. So we'll see what happens. Um, on the west side, I, I really think it's Edmonton. I I like Colorado, but as Kenny pointed out, they got their hands full with Seattle. But I think Colorado is going to get through, and if they get through Seattle, they get they go to the finals. I think, uh, or, or sorry, go to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, uh, Edmonton I think is the stronger team though. So my prediction is Toronto Edmonton, and that's a toss up on who wins uh, at that point. They're you know similar teams, and you got the McDavid factor to consider. It really boils down to who gets hotter goaltending. So it could go either way. I don't even want to venture a guess between those two teams. That's pretty much a 50-50 shot to me. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to say Edmonton and Boston. Yeah, I mean in the West, you never know what can happen with Colorado. We know they have the skill set. Um, yeah. There's no doubt about it. But I mean that. Yeah, I mean that game against the Kraken yesterday. Kraken looked good, man. They looked really, really good. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you on on the Oilers. Um, although I thought Winnipeg looked really good too yesterday. Yeah, my father's already um, got his blue, blue, red, and white for the and the Jets logo <laughs> ready to go. Well, and they look like, really good, wear, and he never wears yeah. sports merchandise ever. Yeah, unless the Winnipeg Jets are. Doing something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's a Winnipeg boy through and through. Well, I mean, they're the I love the guy, the second wild card team in, and I mean, obviously they're playing the number one seed, which is Vegas. But last that game, um, and that defenseman, that rookie defenseman, I don't know if you guys saw that, but um, Morgan Barron, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he got cross checked, took that skate to the face, went off, got seventy five stitches, came back out. Was, <laughs> first playoff game ever for this kid, and man, like. I even did the interview afterwards. With his face off stitches. I don't even know if there's seventy five stitches in a football. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, that's a lot of stitches. Oh, when I saw the re- when I saw the re- the video, I was like, I just cringed. I was like, oh, that's man. when you almost like th- bring up the dinner comes up again. Yeah. No man, but yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I, I think Colorado or Edmonton for sure. Um, in the East. Oh man! Um, Could you imagine Florida? Could you imagine if they just just some just 
for a, a second, Florida upsets and just goes I'm, goes on a tear. It's going to be a fun state winning. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> Listen, I, as much as I, I'm not big on Toronto, I really don't want to see Tampa Bay again. I mean, no, no, no. Even no, though no, that no, game was a no, pretty I'm much talking, a blowout. I'm talking about the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Kachuk and Marshawn, I mean, those two guys, they're going to have a lot of fun in this series for sure. But I, yeah. I still think Boston's too strong. I think Boston's too strong. Uh, I don't know. It's the like, Rangers and Shesterkin could. We just talked about it. Like, I think it depends on officiating. If the officiating yeah. cracks down on that style of play, Boston could lose to Florida. It's true. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. So, but I mean, yeah, I, I I think Boston. It'd be nice. It'd be fun to see Boston t- Toronto go at it, though. I think that would be that a, would be great. I don't the even second round. I don't even care. Whatever round, just have the two teams go at it. I get, think that would get be Toronto through the first round, right? That would be a lot of fun. Just yeah, fix man. the games. Just just here you go. <laughs> first round it. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. from a season roundup perspective, uh, both Abbotsford and Vancouver kind of meld those together. But, uh, you know, Christian Molanen was obviously the big breakout performance this year. Artur Seeloff, second big breakout performance. But, yeah, Christian Molanen ended up winning the Eddie Shore Award, as you mentioned, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we th- what do we think about Molanen for next year? Like, what does that look like? Uh, what's the signings looking like? like what's the Molanen situation? Well, they did sign him to uh, to a two-year extension. So they extended his contract for two years, and it is a two-way deal. So he can go up or down. Yeah, I think the second year of that deal is a one-way deal. Okay. I remembered reading that. I mean, you and I got into a bit of an argument about this, and I never forgot to check it. But I'm pretty sure his camp negotiated a one-way deal for year two. Okay, so okay. if he has another strong year next year, and they utilize him in both clubs, yeah, and they can't do that for three years in a row, which I think is fair. Yeah, right? like as a player, especially with the production he's been putting up for both teams, you know, like you got to make sure that he's protected. So I, I think yeah. from a defensive standpoint, like the the Canucks have made a lot of moves. Like just having like Akito Hirose come in and play as well as he's played, like he played really, really good. And so, um, you know, they've added a couple of other college players too as well to the to the deal. I think Carroll's looked okay in Abbotsford too as well. Yeah. Like he's, uh, he's come in and, uh, and done a, done a good job. I don't love Sasson. I don't love him. Yeah. Max, uh, Max Sasson. I don't know. He hasn't impressed me so far. He, give, he, he makes a lot of mistakes and gives up the puck a lot and you can tell he's mad at himself. So when you see him getting frustrated with himself, I'm thinking maybe he's going through a rough patch right now mm-hmm. and just not adjusting well. Yeah. Uh, so I want to give him some more time before I cast judgment on him, but uh, he hasn't impressed me. I don't know, like what the roster changes will he even. Well, they this? like on, like on defense they they signed McWard, and they signed Akita Hirose. They also re-signed Breezeball, re-signed um, Wolanin as well, right? Uh, they just added Hironic to the lineup. They've also still got all of their, you know, their defensemen there too: Hughes, yeah. Myers you know, go down the list. So, I mean, no matter how you look at it, the defense in Abbotsford is going to look pretty good next year anyways, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. it's 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 going to be up to them to figure out how they want to utilize those pieces. But, uh, and and now that Philip Johansson, right? Like they, they signed him. Uh, so it looks like... Well, we'll find out pretty quickly how he's going to play. Yeah. 
I yeah. think we'll see him in the lineup for Abbotsford. So, oh, I think yeah. we will for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know Ryan Johnson was talking about maybe having him watch a game before he actually just gets right into like playoff hockey coming from uh, from Sweden. But from Sweden. Sweden. But yeah. So on the Vancouver side, Brock Besser has been very public with the fact that he wants to stay in Vancouver. He was He acknowledged that it's been a tough year for him both on and off the ice. Um, will he rebound next year? Oh, man. You know what? Every year I say he's going to rebound. <laughs> I mean, the sk- uh, when, when he first came into when he first came into the NHL, like his first rookie season, he was so dominant, right? Like what did he score? Like almost 30 goals, right? I think um, he had, he had a really, really good, good season. He scored 29 goals that first year at 55 points. So he basically matched his rookie year is only one point shy of his, of his career high at 56 points. It's just the, the drop off in goals and really the inconsistency in his game. Like he's a minus 20 this year, man. Minus 20. uninspiring play on his part. And it's like he looks deflated as soon as something doesn't go his way. And that's where the plus-minus column comes into play. He's not traditionally a bad plus-minus player. No. So, you know, it's like that was the real standout issue this year. All right. And, uh, you know, JT Miller struggled with that as well. But he actually improved dramatically under Tockett. So big time. Maybe Tockett's going to get good performance out of JT Miller. And that could be a great contract. Um, For Besser, um, my quick little two cents. um, I'm kind of the same with you, Kenny. I I really don't know. Yeah. Um, It could go either way. I think that he is definitely a player that you keep on the trade deadline roster. Right, and I think that you can. Well, we're a long way from trade deadline now, right? So true. It's like, but I, I think that you see how he does in the in the first half of the season, and if even if he's playing adequately good, I think you don't really bank on that. You use that to get a good uh, trade, right? Yeah. Um, but of course, like I like to believe in people. I really hope that he does like come out of it and mm. and kind of this little slump he's been in. Oh, and, he's a he's a solid yeah. guy, right? The guys say that he's a solid guy, and honestly, like I think he. Um, if we could have traded him, we would have already traded him. So yeah. it's not like it's yeah. easy to get rid of Brock Besser. Like he, they've let his agent talk to other teams and still we, he's still here. So I think you're absolutely yeah. right, Taryn. Like I think the best bet would be to hopefully he has a strong camp. I think he needs to work on his skating for sure. Um, he just seems like a bit behind the rest of the, the rest of the guys. But I think if he can come in with the right mindset and get off to a good start, then it could boost his, uh, it could boost uh, his worth, right? And we could get yeah. something for him at the deadline, or he could be a contributing part of the team, right? Which is what we need. So, let's talk about the captaincy in Vancouver. Ooh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, I mean, I like Quinn Hughes. Um, we're rumbling Pedersen. Yeah, I mean, Petey's obviously a lot more quiet. Um, I think he's just the obvious choice because of how well he's performed and done. But I, I agree with you, what you're saying, just about, like, quietness. Do you yeah. really need – I mean, yeah, there's something to say about a, sto- a quiet, stoic leader type. But do you – is that what that team needs right now? Yeah. I mean, I would – honestly, if you're asking me, I would say Quinn Hughes. I love listening to him talk. Like, if you listen to his interviews and stuff, he's he's candid and – 
listen, sometimes sometimes he says even sometimes a little too much, but like yeah. he's he's very smart, right? He knows well, hockey. He's a media, he knows media loves him too. He's a oh, yeah. gem. Yeah. And I'm just gonna say something on this topic. Yeah. And that is I've heard rumblings of Thatcher Demko as captain. Oh. Uh, so to get it said he's emerging as one of the leaders. Like I've heard that they're saying he's emerging as one of the leaders in the dressing room. Yeah. So Roberto Luongo was captain of our team. He's a goalie, you know, obviously. Uh, but, you know, what's wrong with the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks, that they keep needing goalies to be captains? This is almost unheard of in the NHL. I think it's only happened a handful of times in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's even a conversation and the fact that I can ask, what do you guys think of the captaincy? And we get a so- probably the longest pause of this episode of this broadcast from both of you. <laughs> tells you there's a problem with the culture in Vancouver. What is it about us not going after captain caliber players mm-hmm. why do mm-hmm. we only have one captain then when that we lose that captain we're we're, we're, we're mad at him and, yeah. and, yeah. and i think the other the other interesting question on to that though is also why are we so polarizing on our goalies every other game and then almost demand them to be captain in that yeah. right and what then yeah. on top of that why are because I, I assume that your starting goalie across the every nhl every nhl team starting goalie Probably has a strong locker room presence and probably is one of the main guys that is like getting the groups together, making sure that they're confident in everything. Have yeah. you ever met a goalie? I don't know. A few of them. but like, <laughs> a Goalies are a weird bunch of dudes, yeah, man. I, mean, you, I don't you, think that's the you case. Have to, you have to be to take a bunch of pucks flying at you at 100 miles an well, hour. I mean, but <laughs> but I think the point is that they must always have strong locker room presence. But like you're saying, they're, they're not the average. You're not your typical captain. So... Well, I, I think you have a I, you have a point there. Like if a goalie comes in a room and he's pissed off and he's re- like you can feel that, right? I mean, yeah. like when I play hockey and and during an intermission or during a break or or between periods, if the goalie comes over and starts, you know, ripping us for our defensive player for selling, everybody listens, everybody understands that, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they have a a certain leadership style to them. Um, well, they have a presence. I think you a hit presence. The, I yeah. Think the word you made. I'm busting your balls, but (laughs) presence is the word. Goalies do have a presence in the locker room, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. That's undeniable, right? From the fact that they're wearing something different to the to the fact, you know, <laughs> whatever. twice the size of the other players, right? Yeah, like, and the fact that armor. so much rides on their shoulders, right? That they carry a presence. But uh, a captain is somebody who has a leadership quality that they the the team doesn't want to disappoint. They want to galvanize for and around. And I think that it's more, you know, people just tend to leave the goalies alone. You have to walk on eggshells around your goalie. And I don't know if that's the proper captaincy role. When you have to walk on eggshells, you have to be able to come to your captain with concerns and be able to get them addressed. And I don't know that a goalie can play that role. Yeah. No, I I would agree. I I think, too, like having a – there's other things that a captain has to do, too, like answer to the media after games and before games. And, you know, like goaltending is such a psychological – there's a huge psychological huge. piece to it, right? Huge. Like beyond any other uh, position or, you know, a lot of other things. So I think that's the biggest part about it. My only worry with the captaincy, and I think the reason why I was so quiet when you asked the question is because I worry that they're going to give it to Petey because they want him to sign a long-term deal. And by giving him a captaincy, yeah. you're committing to him as as like that guy. And I don't necessarily think, and, and when I hear Petey talk, I do like him saying like, you know, I, 
I'm not sure, you know, like yeah. if I want to be captain or not, like, you know, like he, or I'm ready to be captain. Like he's, he gives honest statements. I mean, when I was at the, uh, the fan appreciation that the last home game for the Vancouver Canucks, they all came out in a circle and it was Quinn Hughes that was speaking to the crowd. So, yeah, I mean, some of them are little sound bites, but I don't know. I think he's a pretty thoughtful speaker though. And, uh, most of the other players say he's picked up his leadership over the years. So maybe they're, they're working on it, but I don't think they need to rush it. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't think they need to rush it. Right. Um, quickly, Carvel, before, before we go, I, I actually just was curious because of uh, the Luongo bit. Cause I thought I remembered a stat of his that turns out actually is somewhat true. I can't find any official things, but another thing to keep in mind is that Luongo was a very big key uh, player and presence in the le- in the NHL's like players associations and yes. their their unions in that and so in terms of putting a, a captain the C on the goalie, I mean like that that's another form of presence among the league and on your peers of, in a respectable nature where you are kind of not just captaining a team but part of the captaining group of the entire league. <laughs> so that could just that's another thing of why that could be an exception. You always it. do this to me when we have no time left. <laughs> he's like, all right, this that's is what a wrap. After this, so you don't. Yeah, he's he's. Here's the thing. So Luongo was the, the type of guy that was that leadership type. But I'm saying the position of goalie is not the right arena because people could not come and disagree to him mid game about anything because yep. you don't want to piss the goalie off and have him play bad. That's the end of your game. He's the most important guy on the ice, right? So that's that's the thing that I don't love about using a goalie as a captain. There should be other leadership yeah. opportunities. You have two assistants at least and a captain. You should be able to find somebody to captain this team that's not a goalie. That's all. Regardless of Thatcher Demko or Roberto Luongo's prowess as a leader, that it should be a no-go. It should yeah. never be considered. Um, so that on that note, we are wrapped up. Uh, big game tonight, folks. Yes, get out there to Abbotsford yes. Center. 7 p.m. start. Let's get some. Just under an hour. Let's get all of the sums. <laughs> Let's get the Calder Cup, folks. This Let's is go, boys. Where it starts. The, you know, for the next 20 years, you might go to several playoff games. This are hundreds of playoff games. This is where it starts. This is the first one to come tonight. So I'm I'm signing off for Bush League for... For Carl Unger, that's me, Kenny Greencourt, yeah, Terry Mitzings. Uh, this is Civil Radio 101.7 FM serving Abbotsford and the Fraser Valley. And we're signing off. That's Bush League. We're still doing this song as our sign-off? I mean, you haven't told me to change it yet. So. Okay, well, we got to change this next week. Okay, ne- next, next one we will. Yeah, <laughs> this next is one ridiculous. <laughs> this was a joke. This is not like four in a row. This is like a Paul <laughs> Rudd running joke or something. I mean, it's Wooly Bully, you know. It's Bullan, and we got to give respect. We got to respect. He is back. Guy. He is yeah. back in town. The Wooly Bully's back in town. Yeah. Okay.